No, I was clogged. Yeah. I, yeah, 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 yeah. I clogged it first, and then I unclogged it. Aye. Yeah, exactly. Aye, aye, aye. Exactly. Um, oh shit. So we were just. <laughs> Brad was telling me stories about his daughter kicking some ass this weekend in Lax up yeah. in uh, north of Miami. So that's cool, man. Yeah, it was awesome. She was she was killing it, man. They, they look, they, you know, the, every girl on the team started playing this game a year and a half ago. And now they're starting to like kick it. So they've had two wins in a row. You know, we've, they've been through a lot of misery, a lot of losing. Um, and my daughter was getting close to kind of giving up on it a, a couple, you know, about a month ago. And, and uh, she stuck it out. And now she's like, yesterday, she's like, I love lacrosse. <laughs> well, there's nothing until you like get smacked in the mouth and taste some blood to get you fired up, man, to go out there. What that so-and-so? She's That's loving awesome, it. Dude. That's yeah, awesome. I took pictures yesterday and there's one of the of her just checking this girl across the side. <laughs> she's like, oh, I love that picture. Yeah, I mean, that's what it was like when we were kids. You know, lots of physical contact. And, exactly. You know, we were fighting with people all the time. You know, not like, you know, knives and shit like that, but just little yeah. fights. And, yeah. and it, it got, it, it kind of tempers the discourse because, you know, you knew then if you said something that there could be consequences. Yep. And, you know, now it's like, I feel like everybody just feels like they can say anything and, you know, not risk obviously getting their teeth punched in. Yeah. So I like that. My my daughter, you know, same way, super competitive. Love yeah. loves to beat the boys on the tennis court. You know, nice. I used to call her boy slayer when she was little. So nice. You know, <clears throat> it sounds like you got the same thing going on, which I totally same, same love. thing. Same thing. Yeah. yeah. And this you know, look, her her entire sports athletic history previous to this was gymnastics and competitive cheer. And competitive cheer is brutal. I mean, you know, yeah. she's, she was a, a flyer getting thrown in the air and everything else, but but uh, this is her first team, team, competitive, hardcore, rough it up sport. She's loving it. So it's all good. good. <laughs> hey, I think we should. Uh, I, I've decided we're going to rename the show to the DeFi Llama Show. Are they sponsoring us? Wouldn't that be nice? You know, I was trying to sell, you know, I was going to go like the golfer route and maybe get someone to sponsor me. And I'd wear their hat on, on their show. hat. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I like that. No, I mean, these fucking guys, I don't. I, I don't know if they have like 40 people on the team or what the fuck they're launching llama lend. Yeah. It's not data. Like, you know, the data that we were looking at last week of the, of the, the, this is um, lending against NFTs that aren't accepted in the big marketplaces. So it's a lending mechanism to, to leverage your, your low end NFTs that haven't gotten you any money um and to borrow against them so does it say how they assess the value because that was a thing we were always talking they, about last year with doki things yeah they haven't um i don't think they've said how it works yet well here we go how does it work uh no liquidation no liquidations pay as you go works for extra small illiquid connections fixed rates based on the pool utilization hmm. uh get assigned Users could deposit their NFTs, get a signed price attestation from a server and borrow one third of the floor value. Okay, so one third of the floor value of these NFTs in ETH. Then they have a oh, two week repayment period. But they can repay at any time, only be charged interest for the time used. Yeah. In interest is fixed at loan creation determined by pool utilization rate. Only owner can provide ETH for borrowing. And if any loans expire, NFTs are just transferred to the pool owner. 
So hasn't launched yet. Uh, they just put out the smart contracts uh, on GitHub for people to review. But uh, cool concept. I, I like it. Yeah. I mean, interestingly, you know, here's the thing, though. If you've got like ETH that have had declining value or don't have a lot of market action, you know, and you want to sell them, but you can't <laughs> dump them here, borrow the ETH, and then just don't pay it back, right? What was that one that was uh, early on in the Doki Doki cycle? There was not you, Doki, but there was another one before that where it was oh, yeah. trying to do that same thing where you could come in and uh, there was a floor, there was NFTs and you could borrow against them. Was it like Doki Doki 20 or something like that? Or uh, Yeah, something like that. I remember, yeah. I remember vaguely. But so what I look at when I see what I want to know is how do you determine the floor value? Because I'm assuming they take it from open like suit. open C. Yeah. 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 I, I would assume see, they that's need what they're doing. Better price oracles like you talk about, Teller, if you're listening, you know, decentralized price oracles for NFTs that somehow yeah. drives off of maybe your holdings. Um, but any way we can get more value, because that the open C oh, when no look, when nothing's going on in open C, there's no floor value. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but here's what they say. Uh, they're not using traditional oracles. Oh. Their solution is a zero gas, on request, trustless oracles that are self-run and which fail safely. The way this works is that some server tracks minimum floor price for a configurable time period, e.g. a week, and re when requested, signs a message with that price, which the user can submit on-chain to borrow ETH against that price. After that initial borrow action, no Oracle is used anymore since all that's left is for, is for the user to repay the loan before the deadline. But we, even when the Oracle is used to start the loan, no incorrect price can cause losses for the user who can also verify the price in UI. Thus, the Oracle doesn't require any trust at all from the user side. This is in stark contrast with most lending pro protocols where an incorrect Oracle update can cause everyone in lending market to lose money. It's very interesting. Wait, so, so it sounds like what it's saying is that it gets a price from a bunch of different, I guess, oracles, and then you can enter. You can you have to verify it in the um, via the UI, as it said, like to verify it. Maybe you could say, "Yeah, that sounds right." You go check, right? Or maybe you're like, "No, you know, does that you know something like where you can decline it too?" That's a pretty cool feature. Okay, so it looks like it's based on liquidity providers providing the pool, and they yep. say that. Um, even if the a user is liquidated, the liquidator is collection is collection order that is incentivized to be friendly towards holders. So if liquidation was clearly a mistake, it's easy to just talk them and repay the loan manually after liquidation. Huh. So I guess you take like a sponsor of an NFT collection and they come there and park ETH to set up a liquidity pool. I, and then people come in and trade the NFTs within it or borrow that ETH with the NFTs. Is that what we're I saying? I don't know. I, I don't that know. That sounds friggin' cool. <laughs> That's what we're saying. Yeah, I mean, the pools like, don't come with built-in liquidation. The pool owner can attach any liquidation system they want. So it sounds like they're setting up an LP. Like you yeah, they are. They are. Yeah, yeah. So are they setting it up? Like, like for example, I'm just going to use Doki Doki because we all know or we know them. It would be like, uh, would they set up like a pairing between ETH and Doki? there and then people would trade that or would it be something to do with yeah, pairing so with nfts it says that they're only targeting collection owners so people who own these collections that you're trying to borrow against and then the collection owner provides so they have a incentive to want the the 
the NFT, I guess, is the idea. I don't know. It's a little confusing. But it does get TVL for DeFi Llama. Yeah. Right? Which, Which has, d- d- doesn't have a protocol. This is their, I think this is their first protocol of any kind, unless there's some other project I don't know about. Sounds like the first to me, because I haven't yeah. heard of anything. It's really and interesting. We talk about them a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's why I said we should rename the show the DeFi Llama Show. It's kind of crazy. Anyway, very interesting. They haven't launched yet, and I don't see any specific dates notified yet. There's a there's a Twitter handle, Llama Lind. Um, but, you know, people are talking about it. So we'll see what happens. I mean, look, you know, the nice thing about having built a big reputation in the space and everybody uses your projects is that when you launch a protocol, you got a built-in audience. Right. right? And um, so that that's uh, this is smart. I, I think it's really smart. And they're creating something that's, you know, not necessarily a saturated market. So it's very cool. Very yeah, cool. I like that a lot. I mean, that's always been, in my mind, the issues with NFTs was that you, you know, we were always trying to figure out how do you unlock, you know, yeah. how do you unlock the value within them? I mean, like I could see, say, chain binders being a, a group that would be great to go over there since it's backed by ETH. Oh, right. yeah. Oh, that's actually a really good idea. That would be yeah, super I mean, then, cool. Then you, you know, there is an, there is, a, oh, that's. You should message those guys. We should start a lending market against chain binders. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> on the team. Pitch it to those guys. There'll be four of us. Because, because it's backed by ETH, right? Yeah, if you liquidate that collection, you know it's there. You know you can get the ETH out. That's like their and whole DeFi land concept on steroids. That's fucking. You heard it here first. Brad says brilliant. I'm fucking Joe. brilliant. Joe is fucking brilliant. <laughs> no, but it's only because we, Brad, Brad's the one to turn me on. I it. love that fucking concept. Mm-hmm. I still don't understand. I, I gotta, I'm going to go bust his chops. I do this every few months. Oh, idols too, Eamon. You're right, because those are backed as well. Oh, shit. Those are two good collections for it. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Eamon, I sent you a text message. Get back to me, man. Um, please. Um, that's actually good too. Backed NFTs. Anyway, I, I still don't understand to this day why he hasn't taken chain binders and deployed it as a fundraising protocol because it's an absolutely brilliant way to raise money you know, 50 or 75% of the people who are buying the NFTs, who are contributing to your project, they get a cool NFT, maybe a storyline behind it. Um, and they get, um, they get um, 70, 50 ETH. to 75% of the people get ETH backing for what they put in. So you could decide, okay, I'm going to give 25% back. I'm going to give 50% back, whatever. And yeah, you're cutting what you raise, but you're making your raise safer and a little more gamified. Right. It's like, okay, cool. I'm getting an NFT that may represent later value in this project. And I have a 50% or a 75% chance of my NFT being backed by ETH in a cool gamified model that everybody that pulls out and burns their NFT, everybody else gets more value every time somebody burns their NFT to cash out. Yeah. So I never understood. I, I've, I've said it to him like 12 times, dude. He's in the middle of a big game development. So, and it actually yeah, it's looks Kizuna. Really it's the cool. Kazuna one. I, I, I'm in Kazuna. Um, I never get to it, but it's a huge NFT thing. If you guys, it's Kazuna, K I Z U N A. But when you're in there, it also has all these collaborations they do with other NFT artists. And all you got to do is like maybe, 
you know, do the Discord thing or do a Twitter thing. And, you know, then you're in and then you're on that inside track of an NFT offering that could be anything. So um, I recommend looking at that too. But I agree. Look, when we did the chain, not we did it, but when we played it, it was, um, you know, they had a gotcha machine at the front end, everyone. And so what you did is it cost ETH to spin it. And I think I spent about, you know, 10 grand worth of ETH to buy the chain binders token which you then use to spin to get the various denominations of NFTs. Um, you know, ones that were worth, you know, tens of thousands down to ones that were worth like at that point, you know, 30 bucks, 20 bucks worthless. Actually, there were a bunch that had no value. Right. And so you had that gamification, but the ones you got, you know, were like, I think then the ratio for the LRs and legendaries was like 0.7 ETH or something like that. Yeah. And, so, you know, back then, I think ETH was about two, uh, maybe 1800. Because I, I remember, I think I pulled like five or six. And I remember thinking it was about 10. And I'm going, oh, is this too much? But, you know, look, I spun the first half. And I held the other tokens, B, BND, I believe. Um, and, you know, in that first go around from that five grand, I pulled NFTs worth, I believe, $12,000. Yeah. So I was like, shit. And so I held on to them. And as Brad points out, then when you can redeem them for that ETH backing it. And when you do that, it causes the ratio of redemption to go up over time. So there's a scarcity play in there. So as the stuff is burned and it's burned, it's just flat out gone. It's gone. That had other effects on the other partner tokens, too, like I believe Azuki and Doki, where it triggered buybacks of those as well. Yeah. But but the point is, you see, you're coming out of it with an NFT that's has value yeah it, it's um, beautiful. because it's in the treasury and it holds it and i tell you what i've got a collection i've been holding because it's every time i go to look at it somebody else has burned a few of their nfts and my eth value has gone up right so the beauty is when the theory it's a great way to hold eth like and don't be tempted to sell because you know it's yeah. locked in and you know that every time somebody gets desperate and sells theirs the value is going up and you don't even care. The, the beauty of it is the NFTs themselves have market value in OpenSea, but the, the, you just know that more and more people are going to give up and sit, burn their NFTs and you're going to get 15% of what they should have gotten, right? Last yeah. man standing, you know, last man I, standing, 747 ETH. Yeah, well, look, it's like... um you know, right now when ETH is at like 1300, I mean, what, there's no point to burn. Right. Why would you burn? Because you're desperate you know? for cash. Somebody that's desperate. Yeah. yeah, you'd have to do it. But the idea is that nobody's going to be burning until, and if they burn, they're going to start burning around the four to 5,000 range. Yeah. If they want to redeem, thinking maybe it peaked. Yeah. But look, if they all burn then, like you said, that's the last man standing price, the 747, or is that the total in the treasury no, that, right now? That's the total 747 ETH in there. Okay. So anytime you burn, that goes down. Now, also, I think we got to be crystal clear on this one that I own Azuki, I own Doki, I own some chain binders still. Um, not shilling it, just talking about it because this is, um, you know, this model has so many applications. I think I think there might be, you know, I mean, I don't want to be au contraire, but there might be a, maybe the ETH backing has something in the U.S. of a regulatory issue, perhaps. I don't know. 
does that make it a security? I don't know. <laughs> you know no. I guess the SEC will tell us in 2032 well, based the, on the current progress. The cool thing about these NFTs is that Roy and the team did amazing work. Original yeah. music compositions over the videos that they did. Huge, gigantic. Roy's a fantasy book writer too. Yeah. And huge, big storylines and origin stories behind the entire collection. You know, it's it's really brilliantly done and it did well enough, but it was also at the the massive dump of the NFT market. Um, but yeah, this launched at the very last possible time. Yeah. And in the and, lockup, there was a 21 day lockup in that yep. period was when everything started falling off. Now, now, the interesting thing is, and again, I own. So, you know, yeah, we both do know do. that I have a vested interest in anybody coming in here and buying more, but um, or burning. You can still buy them. You can still buy chain binders. There are still some Shit, left to that. roll. Yeah, wow. there are. And you, you now you have to buy. And that was the other cool thing is they released a token in it, right? So there was a token that went along with the BND. I think. I think it was BND. Yeah. BND bind. Yeah. You um, could probably still get that on Must, right? Or Cometh. Yeah, yeah. I think it's still there. I, I haven't looked, but it was brilliant. Oh, and then on top of it, you had the really cool. Gatchapon Doki Doki model. Yeah. Right? So you didn't know what you were going to get and everybody paid the same price. And that that's makes it even cooler because if you got a really rare one, it could be worth, you know, 10 X what you paid for the original, uh, the original NFT. Um, and, and it has more immediate than that, value. Dude, more than that. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. More than that. But yeah. it has immediate value, like right. absolutely immediate value. So it's, it's cool. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm pretty, I, I love this project and I think it has a shit ton of potential. I'm going to go back and bug him because yeah, you should, man. Let's get him on the show. I know he was, over oh, on I've got an five. interview scheduled with him. By the way, his game is called shadow war. The game he's got shadow war. and it's really cool. I mean, this isn't a full blown, you know, 3d game. I mean, it's like the, the real deal, which is why he's been too busy. Airdrop mm -hmm. for our audience. One moon. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, no, it's one thing about he puts out some nice plays. I mean, the content is rich. There's a lot of storyline around it. These could go different directions. I mean, this could turn into an anime show or this could turn series. Yeah. You know, on Netflix. I mean, that's the kind of because the content that I didn't have like 12 designers and studio people and recording oh, yeah. artists. Movie design, stuff. movie designers, animators yeah. from major studios, music recording, original score. I mean, everything about it was just. So yeah, check it out. It's a good, good thing. And I, I just, you're right. We, we should talk to them about that protocol because. Yeah, there's. It's got a. There. It's got. There are some other angles. And when I think about like, again, treasuries. Yeah. You know, look, this is another, you know, little peg in the diversification puzzle, or a little piece of the diversification puzzle, where you know some of it is NFTs, just like. You know, some of it could be real world stuff. You know, yeah. this blends, you know, it's like you want to cross the spectrum in these, particularly in these DeFi treasuries and these algorithmic stablecoin type pools where you need other stuff there. This is where I think all this stuff could possibly fit. Yeah. Uh, new portfolio tool, kind of like Zapper, Zapier, and DeBank uh, called Merlin. Um, I've got uh, Sifu's uh, portfolio loaded up. I oh, really cool. like the interface. You know, unfortunately, like all of them, they've only got like four protocols in here for PL calculation and they have others coming soon uh, to actually calculate profit and loss, but they still have value across all tokens uh, pulled into here. And the interface is really, really nicely done. I'm, I'm really impressed with it. You can filter by chain so you can see just Ethereum investments, et cetera. 
Um, but a good way to also follow investors uh, to see what they're up to. Um, you know, you can use this in a combination of, but you just plug in your own, connect your wallet, or you could connect, uh, drop, paste in somebody else's wallet. And then it shows you the most recent uh, transactions uh, on the wallet. So um, hmm. anyway, very nice interface. I think it has a lot of promise. Uh, I'd love to see it, you know, I I'd definitely love to see it uh, continue to grow because I think um, it's one of the better interfaces I've seen so far. You know, what's interesting is, the question that all of these groups like this are going to be getting over the next three weeks, and they're going to get so sick of this question. And what do you think that question is, Brad? I don't know, Joe. You teed it up, man. When are you guys going to set up a lending function? <laughs> there you go. Because DeFi Lama is doing it. There you, you know, go. So that's what they're going to be hating that question. So get your answers ready, everyone. <laughs> there you go. Uh, speaking of DeBank, uh, DeBank made some moves on their portfolio manager that I wasn't very excited about, but they are launching a, um, a, a messaging app for Web3 wallets. Uh, I'm assuming they'll start with Robbie, Rabby, which is their, their wallet, which I use daily. Um, the only time I use MetaMask anymore is when there's just a compatibility issue with Rabby, or I have to do testnet shit, or I have to add, um, Rabby still doesn't have the ability to add uh, non-standard uh, layer ones and so or layer twos. So I have to use MetaMask for some of those. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, I've been so impressed with the development of Rabi and of DeBank. So I'm actually kind of looking forward to see what they come up with. It's called DeBank High. Um, but, I, 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 you know, it's essentially a, a messaging app built in, but they're, I think they're doing something where um, they'll make it so that wallets can be messaged for a fee and the wallet holder gets money, um, et cetera, et cetera. So um, really interesting to do. They've got a whole white paper around it as well, but um, it's an interesting move by them. And frankly, a messaging system is desperately needed. Like, you know, if nothing else, just broadcast messaging from projects to users is desperately needed. So this is, this is. So this is good how do you see that vis-a-vis -vis like say Telegram? Or, um, well, it's leader. a competitor, yeah, it's a competitor, right? But it's oriented to what you're wallet holding. centric, right? Like a wallet centric, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And so, you know, if there's been an exploit of a project, you get a message, right? You can message mm -hmm. other people in the community. I don't, I don't know where all they're going with it, but certainly, um, <laughs> <laughs> niblets, shit, well, can remove that idea from my list of projects to do. <laughs> EPNS messaging, hey, dude, just because. More this one and there, I think there's one or two others are doing it. That just means you got market validation. You should build it anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, I frankly think, um, I frankly think that that's that's complete validation. Now, you know, a wallet maker doing it. I think MetaMask has one as well, but never took off. Um, gives them an existing universe of users if they build it directly into the impl implementation of the wallet or the portfolio manager. But um, it doesn't mean they're going to win the game. Um, and somebody does it better um, and makes it easier than, and there's no centralized unit. See, look, here, here's another example. Rabi is, is a centralized corporation like consensus with MetaMask, but I trust Rabi more than I do MetaMask. I'm waiting for Tally to have far more um, chains on the wallet, Tally Ho, because I'd love to switch to Tally Ho because that is completely decentralized open source wallet 
whereas Rabi's a decentralized company and D-Bank's a decentralized company and MetaMask with consensus is a decentralized company. I mean, it's a centralized company. So somebody comes up with something better that's decentralized, maybe you integrate it with a tally-ho, you know, I think you could be in a good position with a project like that. Well, also, this there's is... nothing better than building some tech and then licensing it to another project and being done with it and waiting, you know, having a yeah. fat check and waiting for your royalties. Exactly. So that's another angle to play. Um, this is my um, projects and protocols to eliminate from any attention. Um, and this one is called Geek. Uh, some new protocol claims it's better than proof of stake and mining, but I don't give a shit because they are patenting their protocol. And, you know, just what the fuck, you know. That sounds like the Amazon, what was it, the Amazon double click or the one click patents? Remember in yeah, .com yeah. days? Yeah, but it's just it like granted. fucking blockchain. I, I, you know, go there. I'm sure they're doing enterprise supply chain, blah, 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 whatever. I don't know. But, you know, Eamon said that'd be sick to have messages and MetaMasks. Should have to pay to send a message so it isn't spanned. Yeah. And I think that that's the way I think that's what um, rat, uh, banks is, is they're doing it as a as a you've got to be able to you have to pay people. You have to buy an NFT to be able to message, et cetera, et cetera. So anyway, but it's a brand is it does it take gas fees to send a message or is it like a fixed? No, fee I doubt it. Works? I I doubt it. I have no idea, but I doubt. Because that would be they, cool because it would cut down on a lot of the spam and like right. You know, like, you I mean, like don't Twitter. imagine though if you had a decent you know if you had if you were in a target demographic or wallet or investor NFTs whatever, and people were going to pay you to look at a message, bring it on, guys. You know. <laughs> Yeah, the whole country's gonna be just sitting there going scroll, scroll, scroll. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Uh, you posted this one up, Joe. Oh yeah, it was a response to you know their argument on the Fed. You know, basically saying the same thing everybody else is saying is they're looking at the wrong indicators, they're looking at the lagging indicators, not the front. And this is our interpretation, you know, of Arc's interpretation and what they think they should do. But you know, I can sum it up. It means stop raising rates. <laughs> 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 that should so, have been the entire email. The entire yeah, that could be the headline right there. Arc extends open letter to Fed. Raising, stop raising, raising rates, and that's it. But that's it has a really good argument, and I don't know if everything's right. And I know there's other opinions, of course. And, and of course, we have a U.S. perspective, and we have a you know, there's multiple perspectives in the U.S. And you have a U.K. centric, a EU, and, you know, developing world, and you know, everybody's got their opinions. So this is hers. It's just worth reading. Cool. Um, to know Very what she's cool. saying because it's all good stuff. I don't know if it's a hundred percent accurate. Nothing really is. Yeah, Shizzy says, "Yeah, all messages should have a gas fee. It would be annoying to get spam in my wallet." Niblet says, "No, stop giving it away." I think he means the messaging. I don't, I'm. Oh, oh, is he talking about the patents? Niblets, are you talking about the patents? Or are you talking about messaging? Let me know. Uh, Eamon says fee should go to the recipient for sending yeah. a reply back. Oh, Better. that's that's a good idea. Like, and they could do like LinkedIn does with the like no button, don't bother me button or not interested, right? You could reply back and then you could automate on the sender side. Oh, okay, not interested. And it automatically blocks you from, from messaging about that again or something. That'd be cool. Uh, anyway. Yeah, so, I like that. I was having a call. Uh, I was doing an interview uh, yesterday with a friend of mine. Um, yesterday? No, Saturday. I was doing an interview Saturday morning with a friend of mine. Um, 
Oh, Niblet says, sorry, talking about messaging, giving all the good features away, his ideas. Okay. <laughs> hey, man, we'll consult, we'll collaborate. Yeah. We'll have to collaborate. I've got a million ideas for a messaging system. Come on, let's do it. Um, anyway, he's building a system called Amplify, which is um, uh, it's a referral system for, for DAOs, right? Allows them to uh, track referrals into in-wallet actions. Very cool, very cool platform. Really nice guys out of Australia. Um, really cool story too, his background and story. But anyway, he showed me this thing called Machinations. And evidently Machinations has been around for like a decade, a decade and a half. It is a uh, uh, economics and gameplay engine for games to measure um, and chart and diagram out what what is the best flow of rewards and and earning and how gameplay goes and dopamine hits and the whole bit. But people are now using it for Web three games, and evidently people are actually using this platform to chart out and. Um, let me uh, let me get rid of this search here and chart out uh, Web3 tokenomics because mm -hmm. it's a charting protocol to talk about. You know, it kind of guides you through. I'm just going to open one up here. It kind of guides you through, um, uh, you know, what the potential, and I have no idea what this is, but what the potential machinations okay. are, what, yeah. what the incentives would be, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and... Uh, our our boys at uh, Nova Rally are actually they offer it as a service as well, where they'll run through your tokens, uh, your structure, and and determine whether your structure is uh, is uh, good enough or not. So they'll do a full review of your. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's pretty cool, and I, I had no idea this existed. So uh, Nova Rally's here; he's being reviewed. It says um, it's a really cool system. I I I didn't know. It existed for games, much less that people were now using it for tokenomics. But uh, well, you know, I saw something on this, but it wasn't the same concept. But it was talking about strategy and valuation in a similar model. That now you have to—I think we used to call it real options, you know, back in the day. But you have to, like, when you're doing a roadmap or uh, a business plan or strategic plan, you encounter these points in the marketplace. Like when you get to certain sizes or certain other things happen. And there's multiple outcomes that can occur in that revenue yep. line, let's say. Exactly. That product line. And so you then assign variables. And then there's a whole bunch of other macro indicators that you look at, like what forecasts of like interest rates and things like that, just to be thinking, you know, looking at what are going to be your options six years downstream. Exactly. You know? And that yeah, is a whole nother level of planning detail. And I just think it's brilliant. Yeah, this is an entire platform for modeling that out. Right. Yeah. Like started with just gameplay and game economies and now has moved into being used more and more for tokenomics. Um, and I'm sure NFT platforms are using it, et cetera. But I had no clue it existed. So I was like, wow, yeah. this is this is pretty amazing. Machinations. And, and the guy I was interviewing, it's machinations.io. I'll put it in the show notes. The guy I was interviewing um, said that they modeled out their tokenomics for their project completely using machinations. So really, really interesting. Really interesting. Um, I, I'm going to put this in the link. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but um, I haven't really looked at Treasure Dow. I know people on our show have mentioned it before, um, but Treasure Dow is a derivative project from the Loot Project, which was just these. This was all, remember this, Joe? We talked about this probably a year ago. This was those NFTs that came out and all they were 
were items for gameplay. And this was the NFT, like item names. And yeah. you got the NFT and you got those items. And the purpose of the loot project was they wanted to release this and then have people come in and build games and ecosystems and communities around the items, right? And so a bunch of people did. This thread gets into the fact that it was chaotic and there was a lot of backstabbing and fighting and blah, blah, blah. So Treasure Dow kind of spun out on its own and has now created an entire plot platform around this concept. And the guy that wrote the thread is claiming that Treasure Dow is the best gaming uh, platform and community in all of crypto. Um, but anyway, it's a very cool concept. I'd love, I'd, I'm not a big gamer, but anybody who wants to check it out and wants to come in and talk about it on the show, we'd love to have you come on and, yeah. and tell us more about it. Uh, give us your thoughts on it, et cetera. Especially if you're more oriented to gaming and, and NFTs, I'd love to, I'd love to learn more about it. Uh, Joe, you sent this one in my kind of article though. Chicago scientists are testing an unhackable quantum internet in their basement closet. The fuck? Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty mind blowing. Um, this is at Argonne, I think Argonne national lab or whatever, but there's uh, other groups doing it too. And it's, it's part of this race to, um, you know, to, to, for the, the quantum internet and everything that quantum theory and mechanics can, can do. And there's, there was big money put out in 2018, um, I don't remember it was um, what the legislation was called, but it was some kind of competitive thing. And a lot of money is going into quantum there. And then the Chips and Semiconductors Act also has a big chunk allocated to quantum. But what I posed on Twitter this morning was, OK, when you read the, how it works, it's like, you know, the photons or the particles are handing the information off to the next one that then turns around and verifies it. And I said, shit, doesn't that sound a little bit like blockchain? And, you know, in the way the messaging communications and the information gets transferred. And, you know, the goal is to strap all these together, you know, around the world. Um, but, you know, my question, is that centralized or decentralized? Mm. You know, and so because, you know, I mean, we all talk, we always talk about words mean like 50 different things at once. But I would invite everybody to read it and, and, and think it through. And then I'm just curious what people think. Yeah, um, let's discuss it in the Reddit. Don't forget to head to reddit.com yeah. forward slash r forward slash mission DeFi, and we will post this into the discussion forum there. Yeah, but it's pretty mind-blowing, and we've all done this. I mean, wasn't this the funnest time of your career? Strapping oh. shit together in your oh bedroom or the garage Absolutely. or somewhere. Absolutely. I mean, when you have been around for a while, you look back on those days, and they're the hardest days to get through when you're in them sometimes. Yeah. But when you look back on them, you go, man, that was the fun times. Because you hadn't already been, um, you hadn't done anything yet. At that exactly. Point. So yeah, it was man. like, it was all in the front. Of you. you had no fear, no obligations, yeah. et cetera. Yeah, absolutely. So that's why we always encourage anyone that has an idea. Like even if someone's already come out first mover, if you feel like you got better, go. Yeah, go for exactly. It, if you don't, exactly. you're going to regret it the rest of your life. Oh, by the way, on that, Eamon said, not giving away, brainstorming. Exactly. Let's 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 have the whole DeFi lunch community create. Do you guys uh, like talk to each other? I mean, the people that listen, do you guys talk amongst yourselves other than say on Reddit or they probably like have all private chats going where they where they talk about critique alpha and uh, sons yeah. of bitches are talking yeah. about this now. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Why do you still listen? I don't know. Let's start our own show. Yeah. Um that's it. The National Quantum Initiative Act 2018. Yeah. All right. Uh, Luna Foundation Guard, LFG, has said they are now not going to any time in the future, near future, 
um, distribute as promised uh, compensation to uh, smaller accounts that lost money. Yeah. He said the uh, ongoing and threatened litigation has uh, made them unable to do so. Guess what? More money for lawyers. Yeah, and guess guess where your next round of litigation is coming from? <laughs> your class action from your users. <laughs> all the users that you promised you'd pay back. <laughs> yeah, because first of all, <laughs> promising to pay people back at that point, I think most people would say you don't really want to say that. No, you want to do it. You want to think it. And exactly. you want to plan to do it, but you just exactly. don't say it. Um, because... <laughs> Odds are, you don't, because you don't even know what's coming next. We just talked about real options and machinations and everything. I mean, when those guys were going down the tubes, they weren't remotely thinking about how all this was going to play out later. And, you know, and that, it's going to go. Don't promise anybody fucking anything if your business is collapsing around you. Just yeah. shut up. While Everybody's going to be mad at you. Yes, yes, yes. Do your best. Settle up. I mean, I think the Celsius guys kind of, set the bar on that for um, in Voyager and all those guys, you know, you throw it into bankruptcy court and everybody yeah. gets their, whatever's, whatever's left. left their piece. Yeah. Niblet said, I've made 10 X more from Lunk than Luna promises. There you go. I, I did pretty well on it too. I, I, I sold what I had it like wherever, I don't know how many zeros, but I think it was 54 or something after all those zeros. And I know it's kind of gone down, but they say it's going back up. I mean, yeah. I don't You're see anything going on there. Remember how we've talked about metaverse in the past and how you have to create something compelling? There you go. How much are people actually using it? Um, yeah. Zuckerberg's metaverse app on quality lockdown because not even the development team that is building it uses it. And they were ordered to use it for to have months. meetings in it and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And they're not fucking using it, right? It's a, it's a fucking train wreck. And he's buried, he's bet what 2.5 billion on this shit. Yeah. There was a big article on this in the New York times today too. It's in my Twitter feed, but it's just shows the whole internal thing. Everybody's like, Oh, we just got to keep Zuck happy. <laughs> you know, it's like, how much are we making? Ah, fuck it. Well, somebody go kiss his ass for a second. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Um, but, but you know, that their metaverse play is, you know, I don't know. It sounds a little dystopian to me. Well, look, here, here's the same thing. Like, I love my kids. My my son has Oculus. Yeah. You know, and we play it once. I play it once every couple of months. My son plays it uh, two, three times a month. But you, living in it, and this is VR, but living in it, 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 it's not comfortable yet. I don't think we as humans have completely adapted to that yet. And unless you have something like Bam. I mean, think about the dopamine hits we need on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, all day, all fucking day long. What, how are you going to recreate that in the metaverse? As I'm just wandering around, lollygagging, blah, 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 blah. With a talking, big old fucking headset. Going to a convention, even without the headset, just yeah. going on the, you know, oh. it's like, you're not, when you're, when you're, you're not going, you, you got to recreate the dopamine we get. What is what does Sean say? When you fail, act humble, do the right thing. Remember, in ten years, it will be a funny story in the pub. Absolutely, that's right, dude. man. That's damn straight. I have had my share of those horrible, Look, horrible situations. If you do that, then when you go back to your investors for more money for the next thing, you give them a better deal. They write checks. But if you go hide and screw them out at the end, fuck it, man. If they're not suing you, they're certainly not going to give you any money again. Yep. You know, your reputation in finance and in entrepreneurial fields is the most important thing. That's right. So don't blow it when you're young. So have we done any better in the decentralized crypto metaverse? 
Nope. The 38 30, daily users. 38 daily active users in Decentraland. And what's their market cap? Like $3 billion? I'm going to say not. $1.3 billion dollar invested or about market cap or value, yeah. valuation. We'll just take that down to like $30 million maybe. Yeah. Niblet says... Social brain activity in real life differs from the exact same interaction interactions through video. Metaverse's right. use case isn't what they think it is, if it even is. Yeah. We've just got, we have so much further to go before we get there. And it's funny, I saw a quote in that article where Vitalik actually called it out and said, mm -hmm. we're not there yet, man. We're not even close to people living in the fucking metaverse. Well, and, and it's like, look, Zuck, you could have looked at the data. You know, you and I were talking about six months, a year ago, the fact that once you go into Central Land, you kind of hang out there for a few minutes, you go to a convention, you see us video presentation, whatever. And then what do you do? Right. What, what are you doing? You got to go build something for the other 37 people in there. No, you're, you're not. You're not going to. You're going to check out. Look, I wait to see. I'm excited that they have been. I'm excited that they're building. I'm excited that they continue to experiment. This is how we figure it all out. I think it will happen, but I also think we were way early and a 1.3 billion ecos valuation is ridiculous. Shizzy says bear markets are tough. I'd give Decentraland a break for now. Yeah, look, I don't think they've done anything wrong. I just yeah. don't think, I don't think we're ready yet. And I don't think they were ready yet to fulfill the, the needs of humans to live in a metaverse. Now- well you know, look, if my company, if I wanted to collaborate with developers and members of a DAO and Joe in a metaverse all day long, yeah, maybe. But there's a reason I work from home. I don't want to see Joe all day long. That's right. <laughs> you know, but you're right. That's a good point. I could see metaverse applications in like an office environment. Because I remember a movie way back when with uh, maybe Demi Moore and Robert Redford where she was reverse sexually harassing him. And oh, they yeah. Had a, they were doing something with, you know, standing and visual and moving things around. They weren't in VR. I think it was like a hologram in front of them. Um, good point. And um, sorry, I just say that. But yeah, good point, Shizzy. He says Is Amazon was a bookstore. Yeah. Go ahead. In 98. But the idea is that there's a lot of them out there. And once you get in to, 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 to this, it is, like you say, Shizzy, will they execute? And I think right now it's just that everybody is – just in like a naggy mood about everything crypto. And so when you see something like this, you see the valuations, you're like, oh, come on, not again. Uh, but they're not looking at the potential six years down the road or right. three and, years down the road. And here, here's the thing, Shizzy. Here, here's what Amazon did well and smart. Books first. Like he had a vision to be more, but he just focused on books. Easy to stock, easy to resell, you know, something in demand, very searchable, you know, he, he took that niche and he started there. And that's what I think these metaverses are going to have to do. Who, who is someone that needs this kind of regular collaboration? Can you get DAOs to start using the metaverse? Can you get completely remote companies to start using your metaverse, right? Can you provide an environment that allows them to share screens and allows them to share work? Um, is there a way to turn the consumer side of it into something that people want to stay around for? Is it like, you know, mm -hmm. a weekly meetup model where every Wednesday night, this group of people is coming into the metaverse pub and having a discussion yeah. about Bitcoin mining. I mean, that to me is, is what I think is key here. We have these big, broad, generalized things. And I think that they were on a good path when they had a lot of uh, presentations and 
uh, conventions, gatherings in the metaverse, right? Um, but I also feel like the experience of those isn't the greatest either. We're so well, used I, to this in-person thing, so. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head, dude. It's like, think about there's in-person conference room meeting and then there's Zoom meeting. And what yeah. I think the metaverse could be is something in between or some yeah. like portal that transits between the two. And I see big applications there for the for any kind of like cause or any kind of enterprise or any kind of joint effort. But yeah. I think when I see, when I look at like say Decentraland now and the others, I always kind of think back to Second Life. And I think that, you know, mm. while the original one, right. um, which now is a quite vibrant community actually of a lot of say the disabled community um, that have formed groups in there where they do all kinds of stuff, but you know, it's, they don't have, they have physical limitations in real world so they can express themselves in a metaverse environment. I get that to me is beautiful. Um, yeah. But when I think like people go in, like Brad said, and it's like, what do you do now? <laughs> you know, and I see that a lot. You know, you go to a test net to test it out. It's like, hey, what do we do now? Oh, okay. Yeah. We take some ETH. You know? yeah. It's like, now what do we do? Um, read some docs? No, go to the next thing. So I think that's where it is. is there, it has to have a specific application at this point to yeah. get that big user adoption, because I just don't see people hanging out in there either. Yeah. Um, Niblet says, recall Microsoft Bob and look up General Magic's Magic Cap. Forgot all about that. And oh, failed absolutely. 1990s met metaverses. He said their fundamental failures haven't been addressed. So here's what I think. I think, Shizzy, that Decentraland is in a beautiful position from a tech platform perspective to keep building, keep growing, and start looking for niche attractions. What can you do? What can you replace in the real world or in another digital part of our lives that makes it easier for me and makes me want to do it, make it easy for me to onboard, make it seamless, all of those good things. I'm not dismissing Decentraland as a failure. Uh, I just think that they, I hope they've saved a ton of that money and can give themselves a couple of years to get there because yeah. I think they're going to have to have that. I'm just looking at it real quick. Um, Mana. Yeah. I used to own Mana at one point, but I want to see where they are on a yearly charge. So they, yeah, peaked around five-ish. It's at 77 cents. It's kind of doing a, like a big sideways slide. But, you know, I, I still think there's future for these types of things. So I yeah, wasn't, definitely. you know, in Mana, when I was looking back at like Engine and Mana and the other ones, it was one of the ones that I really liked yeah. um, back in like first quarter 21-ish time frame. So I think they can execute. I just think right now, you know, they're just in the doldrums like everybody else. But, you know, it'd be cool if they could set up like things in there, like, you know, um, crypto trading platforms, let's say. Yeah. Uh, or, um, you know, betting, you know, something with FanDuel or something like that, where you could come in and it was like an OTB track setup where you yeah, could that'd gamble be cool. in there. You know, those are the kind of applications I think would get this going. Yeah, something but, that's already addicting by nature. I like yeah, that. Yeah, in the real world. I and, like you know, and then that. bring those people into the metaverse. Oh, it's cold <laughs> and rainy. You don't want to go to the track today? Well, come to, you know, what's, you know, they got some kind of a brand for race, the racing form metaverse, you know, and pick the ponies in the comfort of your, you know, your recliner or something. Exactly. You know, I mean, there's big applications here. It just isn't quite there yet because everybody just bought land and tried to figure out what to do next. So poker I'm tournaments still plus on this. Shizzy says, I agree, but I'm excited for them to figure it out. They have the funding and now it's time to build in the yep. bear market. Yeah, that's what you got to do. Absolutely. Um, this is how early we are. CBS News, hackers access 570 million in crypto with attack on Binance. 
Unknown hackers gained access to $570 million worth of cryptocurrency from Binance, the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange. I mean, like no concept of the fact that this had nothing to do with Binance, the exchange. It was a completely- Was it a cross-chain bridge or something like that? It was a bridge on, yeah. the, on the blockchain. It had nothing to do with the centralized exchange, like zero. But- this is, you know, we got a lot of work to do to educate people because obviously the journalists, whoever is writing this, they don't tell us at Money Watch, um, have zero clue. So, well, they're just feeding on the hackers and DeFi themes. Yeah, exactly. Well, hackers and crypto. They went for yeah, the hackers and crypto theme. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it doesn't make sense because I even heard at the end that the actual loss was only a hundred million. The yeah, no, it was. That, it was only so. 100 million. And yeah. that's they went the sensational headline access to 570 million, but they locked it up. Yeah. Um, I can't remember who in our audience has in our community has Mt. Gox payments coming. Somebody does. Anyway, yeah. pushed out, pushed out to 2023. It, it's truly astounding how fucking bad these bankruptcies are being handled, how badly they're being handled. It's well, like that was the first one, right? It, it's like, yeah, but it's like the fucking Bitcoin is there. It, this is not fucking rocket science. Is this like, in Japanese court too? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just they go a little slower. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's the. I'm not when saying it's Ma bad. When did Mount Gox go down? <laughs> I I think before that, before that, who was the guy that they somebody smuggled out of Japan that was decided to not to sit around and wait for the court dates? The Renault or the 2014. Yeah. Shut down in 2014. So nine fucking years later, they can't figure out how to send fucking Bitcoin to people that it's owed to. That's pitiful. Are they doing KYC on everybody they send it to? I'm sure they already have. I mean, everybody had to file court documents. That's I'm true. Sure okay. saying I own this. I, I, it's astounding to me how bad these people are at this shit. It's just how it's much like, is left in there? How much is left in that? Uh, I don't. I, it's, it's it's a lot. I from what I understand, it's a good chunk of money. Like how much of the overall Bitcoin market? I five percent. I, I have something in my head that said it's like two hundred and thirty million dollars worth of Bitcoin. Two hundred thirty million. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's not that much then. Okay, no, I it would... won't like impact the market. But yeah, that's it's what a I was lot to the at. people who are sitting around yeah. who bought it at what was the price of Bitcoin in 2013, 2014? Now they've made money. A couple bucks. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah they're 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 wanting that. I mean, exactly. I'd be fucking screaming that I'd exactly. be living in Japan for the last nine years. Euphoric said, "I remember we could only get BTC from Mt. Gox or in exchange for Second Life tokens." Yeah, I'm exactly. It was the only that. game. It was the only game. Second life tokens with a god damn, I didn't know that. Yeah. It's I mean, when I got pretty, it's oh, a, go uh Sean says it's been a pretty cool force total, but huge selling pressure for next year, 165,000 BTC. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's like what the fuck? 165 out of what's our what's today's 20, price? We didn't even look at prices today. Jeff. It looks like it's still it was above 19 last time I looked and 20, 2361. Yeah. Ooh, it's a good day. Good. Yeah, day. I was in some doom and gloom circulating when I first got up talking about this big sell-off. And I'm like, and before I looked at the timestamp on the tweet, it was like five hours old. But then oh, I looked that's at the 3.3 billion. I'm sorry? 3.3 billion. Worth of BTC? Yeah. Yeah. Out of what? 460B, 500B market cap for BTC? Yeah. Something like yeah, that. They should yeah. Stream that out. They should stream it out over months, but they should be doing it now. They should start now. Because these poor people yeah. are waiting for their fucking money. Well, somebody's hopefully marketing them for these protocols where they can oh, stake it and get yield. Nineteen one fifty three. Yeah, it's 
we're, we're down. So I oh, yeah, know, okay. was it refreshed. <laughs> Thank you, Sean. Oops. Uh, hope there weren't any fat finger trades because of that <laughs> one. <Brad. laughs> uh, Wobi is being bought, blah, blah. Who gives it? You know who's buying it? Well, just say it there. Just well, evidently Justin was yeah. supposed to be buying it, but evidently he um he didn't get it because political and security factors. It's being bought Ooh. uh by a P M and A company, I think, out of Hong Kong. Oh, because there was another stuff that's circulating from him saying he bought it, or somebody was saying he bought it earlier. But yeah, no, that's he would he would buy it through a, an SPV or something like that, probably. Anyhow, maybe he's still involved. And he's just hit it because he's such a sleazebag. Wouldn't surprise. But me. yeah, but so what do you think of that deal? Even if he's in or not, I know you're you and he are BFF, but I'm wondering. well. I I got a little bit fucked over on some tokens from that from that the previous owner of that exchange. So uh, I I you know I I hope the people who are in there get their money, whatever, yada yada yada. But they're just a bunch of pieces of shit operators. Oh, way so. back when I don't want yeah. to say it on. But yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I get it. it. Yeah, I get it. Okay, but yeah, I'm just yeah. Yeah, those exchanges where it's like. You know, OKX and Wobi and on crack. What are not cracking, but they're okay. But the other ones, um, the Korean ones. I was saying cakes of Korea, but those and the Chinese ones. We used to mess around in those back in the day, and you could find our our opportunities between that and like Cryptopia, if I remember right. Yeah. And so we'd mess around there, but we never left anything there. Um, it was only a place where you no, went. And it's um, not from me having tokens there. It's from me. Uh, it was a secondary thing, but. Anyway. No, no, yeah, I'm not, I'm beyond yeah. that. I'm not talking about that deal. Uh, Niblet said, does locked BTC count toward determining the price of BTC? If locked, is it inflationary or not? And Sean said, locked is considered bullish, less liquid supply, but that quantity of BTC hitting the market is as bearish as fuck. Yeah, 3.3 billion all dumped simultaneously would be a real fucking nightmare. Now, now, I don't think it'll all get dumped, but I would think if they had any sense, the people doing this would stream it out over months, right? Like, you know, imagine if they had been streaming it out for the last three years, five years, whatever. So that, I mean, and also think about all these people that watched it hit $67,000 and sitting there thinking about how much it was worth for them. And now they're, now they're. Yeah. That's so, a hard one. Not so wealthy. Uh, Viper protocol has launched a trustless over the counter platform. So um, I, I, I'm going to take a look at it, but um, very cool concept, this idea of doing these big deals that don't impact price. Um, I'm assuming it's some kind of, you know, escrow collateral thing, but uh, very, very interesting that somebody's launching a completely, I guess, decentralized trustless uh, over the counter platform, which is cool because that that makes it easier for people that are holding large amounts of token that don't want to impact price uh, in the open market uh, to be able to do it. So I, again, I don't know all the details of how it functions, but very interesting. That is cool. Um, oh, here we go. The race to zero. The race to zero has begun in the NFT space. Uh, Manifold has launched Gallery, a zero fee marketplace for creators. So, uh, you know, you knew this was going to happen, right? You knew that somebody was going to say, fuck it, let's just go to zero. And so they have launched a zero fee NFT marketplace. So creators so keep artists all their money. Can, artists can come in direct, design their thing, listen to NFTs, yeah. And then they're off to the marketplace. And they don't pay, they don't pay manifold or gallery anything. Wow. That's yeah. interesting. You know, the whole thing I remember from those the Doki Doki stuff was that you know, artists typically are hired on commission. 
And so they're living off these $50 gigs to design something that somebody else wants. Yep. Instead of directly doing art. I mean, art is, you know, it's, it's like Michelangelo pulling out a piece of marble, not knowing what he's going to sculpt. And yep. he waits for divine inspiration and he waits for the thing to come out of the marble. That's art. Yep. You know, someone's saying, draw me a picture of this. It's not the same thing. So I love the fact that this, these types of platforms empower the artists to go direct, you know, on the creative side, their creative side, their voice yeah. versus someone else's. That is cool. Yep. I don't yep. know about that one. but That one's kind of crazy. Yeah, that's a scary one. That yeah. looks a little like Frida Kahlo-esque, you know, in a black and white thing. Oh, that's what I just did. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, I mean, when we went to the, the was it, what was the con the conference we went to last year in Miami in December? Decentraland or something like that? Uh, Decentral. Decentral, Decentral yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, I remember going to those NFT galleries there, and it was just amazing stuff. You know, when you really get a chance to to see it in person, you know, these kinds of ones with motion and everything. Um, there's some very interesting creations. And, yep. you know, it's, it's one who's always been intrigued by where art goes next. You yep. know, when you think about how, you know, it was like realist kind of portraiture. Then it went into like impressionist, expressionist and cubism and, you know, poppy and all that stuff. It's like, and then they tried to mix medium and then it went kind of digital. But, you know, nobody's kind of broken through the next thing. And I'm always waiting to see where that's going to come from. Yeah. And, you know, some of the younger art students, you know, the high school kids that I've talked to, you know, they kind of see it in a. Well, the Gen Zers, they kind of see it in a, the NFTs could be that, that place. So I was kind of surprised with all the anti-environmental or the environmental anti-NFT stuff we hear all the time. I hope somebody buys this one. That's cute. That's cute. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got today, Joe. You good? Um, yeah, we could talk all day. Of course. What, what do we have? What time? Oh yeah. We're about done. I've been um, fasting. I'm ready for lunch. I'm starving. Yeah, um, I think it's it. This could we got the Fed stuff or the inflation print coming up in Thursday, I believe, this week. So we have some economic data coming that's going to affect things, um, depending on where expectations are. So that's the one thing I'm looking at this week. And then, of course, you know, DXY and you know all the other big geopolitical macro stuff going on. But I think we're, you know I don't feel like you know that unless the CPI print comes in way out of expectations, I don't feel like there's anything really, really huge here um, that could really just throw everything into the shitter. Um, there might be that V coming down, but I just don't see the economic hammer yet here. And again, of course, I'm, I'm being US centric. So I know everybody else has different perspectives on this. But um, to me, I think the mother of all stimulus always this one for you, Joe. Oh, God. It looks like one of my ex-girlfriends. Um, <laughs> <laughs> she was a little too industrial for me man <laughs> but um <laughs> God, that picture is rough um but i'm feeling pretty good you know i mean we're just wait and see mode like everybody else i mean jarvis yeah. is wait and see kingfish is wait and see xbt is wait and see material indicators is wait and see i saw your message your guys tweet this morning um you know everybody's predicting big move incoming but nobody knows which way so, you know, be safe, I guess. You want me to buy the uh, Christos uh, trading card? No, I'm agnostic, dude. Yeah, I know. Funny. 
I'm not anti. What happens if you burn that NFT? Yeah, you go to hell, right? Go to fucking hell. Straight to hell. So that's the one you want to bind. You want to put some ETH backing on it. <laughs> you go to hell. <laughs> like a chain binders one. But, you know, I mean, you do a chain binders like that and you launch it. And you say, if you burn it, you're going to hell. And I bet anybody who's going to buy a, a Jesus NFT is going to have some real second thoughts about that once you put it in their head. Yeah, absolutely. You know what you do? You you hire some uh, a medium or something to put a curse on your NFTs for anybody that burns it. Let's wrap it yeah, up. Yeah, that's just going to be happening with people too hard, man. That's too hard. That's too big a grift. You Thanks, know, everybody. Sean, Niblets, Euphoric, Shizzy, Amen, everybody that participated today. We love you. We appreciate you. Everybody that listens and watches, thank you so much. Um, if you're listening to the podcast, please just take a minute. Head on over to Apple Podcasts. Give us a rate, a review, and a subscribe. It really helps us boost the signal and get more people listening and watching and participating. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, please make sure you're subscribed and you click the little bell so you get notified when new episodes come out. Go to um, the Mission DeFi Reddit, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Mission DeFi or r slash Mission DeFi yep. um, to participate, discuss, tell us what you think we do right, tell us what we fuck up, and uh, tell us any ideas you have for topics for this show or Mission DeFi, the interview show. Do you I catch know, breath there? Say something else. No, I'm I got tired. something. And in my section, Pathfinder 305s, 305 reports, I put two new reports in there. One is Web3 report from actually last fall, but it's from A16Z, so it's got good stuff in it still. And the other, nice. is, speaking of NFTs, is a long report from um, Res Resolute, I think, about 120 pages talking about enterprise top 30 enterprise use cases for NFTs. Definitely recommend you read that. Um, but anyhow, thanks. That's that's. That looks like, you know, waking up in the olden days after a club until five or something and then coming out of the bathroom and go, what the? I shouldn't make fun of it. It's actually kind of cool, but it's weird. What is in she's, her mouth? It's mouth? I, I can't tell. It looks like she's vomiting flower. It's vomiting flowers. No. I don't know. I mean, it's, yeah, it's clever. I mean, it's not my. I like the colors. Yeah. I, you got to let you like what you like. I mean, that's, yeah. to me, I, I, I like things that make me feel good if there's something that's going to provoke me i want it to be something that's like a big brain provocation not a um not a wtf provocation yeah. <laughs> and so that's just not but like i think that's cool but i like the colors of it you know yeah, I like yeah. and i like yeah, the shadow too. that's cool that too cool. so um selfish all right adios Anyhow. ladies and gentlemen thank you very much joe thank you it's been great we'll see you guys tomorrow absolutely